On this week's episode of Studio Inter, we discussed the game against Sassuolo before previewing the season finale against Lazio and announcing this week's Frog, Moji and Marathi of the Week. All of this and much more on this week's episode of Studio Inter. Con Ronaldo a battere questo calcio di punizione molto lungo per Zamorano che gira bene al centro, attenzione, il destro, violentissimo! E lo spettacolare gol da parte di Zanetti! La prima squadra che vince qua è la nostra Inter! L'Inter vince! E Dillo, campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! I più forti siamo noi! Hello and welcome to the end of year Studio Inter special. I'm going to start off by congratulating Inter DC everywhere for making it through another horrible year. And this time round <laughs> is not just football related, but 2016 in general has been pretty awful for everyone. So yeah, 2016 sucks. <laughs> you know, so, you know, give yourselves a pat on the back because very soon this, this dreadful year will be over. But we're not quite over the finish line yet. And there's still so many things that need to be discussed. And so that's why we have many guests lined up today for this jam-packed episode. I am your host, Antonio D'Angelo, and with me today is my co-host, Semper Inter's very own Nima Tavari-Ruzzari. Nima, how are you, mate? I'm just thinking we started the year with David Bowie dying and ended it with Donald Trump getting elected president of the United States. 2016 has been a pretty shitty year. Yes, yes, it has. <laughs> But hey ho! Um, but we but it could end well if we beat Lazio. It would, it's like it's like kind of kind of putting a yeah. bandaid on a gunshot wound in the grand scheme of things. But I'll take it. I'll you know, take it. Pouring a bottle of water over a forest fire. Uh, True. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. But uh, yeah, also with me today is the gentleman ultra himself, Mr. Richard Hall. Richard, how are you, mate? I'm good, guys. How's about yourself? It's uh, ready for the winter break now, but uh, we've, we've done it. We've made it through the year. So, yeah, and like Somehow. Nima said, it's not ending too well. No, not at all, not at all. It's uh, pretty rough. And also joining us for today's episode is a man who writes editorials for Semper Inter, Mr. Max DeLuca. Max, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. You guys? We're doing good. Good to have you on, man. Uh, you, you, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, for the listeners who maybe uh, aren't too familiar with you. Well, I'm making my studio inter-debut today. Um, I worked five years for Goal.com. I was a senior editor there before moving on to... I uh, had my own, my own blog called San Siro Heroes for a bit after that. And then I wrote for SB Nation on the inter-offside page. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Well, we're very happy to have you uh, here uh, with us uh, today. For those of us who have been enjoying your articles, I uh, love your five things we learned or ten things we learned or whichever number you fancy using that particular week. It's always good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. No problem. Right. And we nice also... Uh, we're, we're, yeah, yeah, we've also joined... <laughs> uh, sorry, no, we were mumbling at <laughs> each other. Yeah, no, we're happy to have you, Max. That was what we were both trying to say. <laughs> yeah, feeling is mutual. <laughs> Somewhere along those muddled words was, was a message of love, we assure you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as, as Nima was saying, we, we have a special guest. So Nima, if you could please introduce that guest. Yes, we have calciomercato.com's English uh, 
uh, writer uh, Lorenzo uh, Betoni. Hello, everybody. How are you? Hello. Good to have you. Good to have you. Good. Hello. Welcome back. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much, guys. Happy to be back. And uh, um, well, the year well, is close to an end, but it, it, it doesn't it doesn't really end because now the transfer market starts and all these things, and so. It may be busier now than what it used to be. <laughs> oh, now is when well, the January is the busiest time of year for everybody. So um, yeah. it's nice to have a few days to relax. Or actually, the Calcio Mercato never closes. So, no, but, it, but, <laughs> but <for> Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It will for three days over Christmas and the ma- madness will begin. And uh, be sure to check out Calcio Mercato English page for uh, for all on all clubs uh, and uh, also simply there for uh, our coverage of Inter's Mercato. Uh, right, so uh, let's get into it, Antonio. Yeah, so um, as Lima says, we're going to get into it with the Sassuolo game. Now, this was a game that I predicted we'd win 7-0. Um, <laughs> How did that go for you? <laughs> well, um, I was almost there. We won. Which was yeah, which true, was definitely true. a start and um, six more and you're laughing. Oh. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So maybe next year, but um, it's another thing to hope for for 2017. But uh, who knows? Yeah, we, maybe maybe Inter can beat Lazio seven 0 Who knows? <laughs> well, you know what? You've you've already chosen my prediction, Lima. I'm going with that later <laughs> on, and I assure you of that. So yeah, it was a game that Inter won one nil. Um, Max, what did you think of the Inter that we saw against Sassuolo? Well, it wasn't a vintage interperformance by any means, but at this point in the season, we'll just take the points. I don't care how pretty we play. I don't care if it's not champagne football at this point. We just need three points, and that's it. <laughs> Beggars um, can't be choosers, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, I thought Candreva had the best game uh, since he's uh, been in an Inter shirt. I thought he was all over the place. He was fantastic. I think that's so interesting you mentioned that, because uh, Richard tweeted something out, and I like quoted his tweet and said I think he's been the best summer signing of Inter and we both got mocked yeah. by some idiot on uh, who was we did we were idiots it was <laughs> it was crazy. you guys <laughs> call yourself analysts you call yourself this and I thought it was brilliant because three minutes later he scored the goal I couldn't stop laughing <laughs> that guy was crazy he just, he some, just popped up and that was it it was like yeah. okay <laughs> it was yes. like, I mean it's not like we said that Nagatomo is the best fullback in the world or something retarded I mean it's like we, he, he's been really good and he was good in that game of when he mocked us, and then five minutes later, Candreva scored the goal. Hold on, I'm going to find this tweet now. I already saw the tweet, yeah. but I didn't see the replies. I'm going to look for it. Yeah, no, it was. No, I just ignored him. I just sent him a thumbs up. But after Candreva scored, I had to retweet him mocking me and Richard because I just felt like the footballing gods were on our side for once. So <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to let this pass. Let this thing pass. But um, yeah, Candreva was brilliant. Um, I think yeah. uh, I think he was he had probably his best performance at Inter, like you said, and his uh, his movement was great. But you know, we've talked about the show early about this three three four three three man defense, and it wasn't really a three man defense. It was more like a, it was a, it started out as three, but it could go down to a four. It was, it was mm. very very fluid. What do you think about that, Richard? Yeah, massively. I think I think it started off. I think the tempo of the game. When I think if if that's all they had is a full full uh, complement and the full squad, um, and they'd have really pressed us. I think that it probably would have been a three, and they'd have used the full backs and, and Kandreva as a full back almost to to sort of absorb it. But as soon as we're on the front foot, and that put a lot of that, like you guys are saying, is down to Kandreva pushing on. It, it quickly just came the four. Um, 
I thought D'Ambrosio and Ataldi were, were fantastic in the sense of, when I say fantastic, in comparison to their normal performances. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they, it actually looked like we had decent, decent fullbacks defensively. And as the game wore on, D'Ambrosio and Bowell, both of them, um, made some really, really good attacking runs and the overlapping was nice. Final ball's always a bit of a problem with those guys, but, you know, it, it's nice to see a bit of an improvement. But the, the defence overall, you know, I think with Pioli, we talked about this a while ago. I think with Inter, it always seems to be two steps forward and one step back. And, and you know, the idea once Mancini had got, once Mancini had gone, and then obviously De Boer came in, there's a whole different style and everything we talked about there. But Pioli now coming in, he's almost going back to basics, almost a little back to what Mancini did. For me, he's sort of saying, OK, let's get the basics right first. Let's make sure... You know, we stop shipping goals, you know, and then you've always got a cardio up front. He's going to be able to do something. But now his challenge for me still seems to be the same thing that uh, Mancini had uh, when he left. It's how to link that midfield, who's the best midfield and, and, and how to do it. But going back to Neiman's original point, defensively, I'm, I'm, I think it's fairly positive because it looks more, uh, more organised anyway. I agree. I agree. I think uh, I was a bit worried because I felt that, you know, Murillo made a couple of mistakes. But usually when, when we make these defensive mistakes, we get we get we get punished every time. But this time I it felt like the, exactly as you alluded to the fact that Sassuolo were lacking so many quality players. Yeah kind of took its toll on the game. But it, it, it did. We got away with it a little bit because of that. But I, do you remember when um, uh, Miranda first started to play together? And you felt like Miranda just always had his arm around him a little bit. Yeah, you know, yeah. It just, there's been more recently, I think, where it's just looking more like, they're looking, the more cohesive, it's more, you know, there's no question Inter have got fantastic individual players, but it's just starting to look a little bit more cohesive at the moment. Yeah. Through. So, uh, do we take anything from this game uh, other than the three points, Max? Like, is there anything? You, is there anything particularly you like more than anything else? Well, it, I think this game just uh, shows you how important, how vital João Mario is to this team. Like that, I don't want to jump ahead of myself here, but uh, I'm pretty worried about the Lazio game without him in the midfield. He's he's just been a solid piece. Um, yeah, in his short stay here at San Siro, I think he's been excellent, and he was excellent again. And we'll definitely miss him. But uh, but one player I don't think we'll miss is uh, Felipe Melo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, right. <laughs> no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick up Felipe Melo a little bit, because I made the stupid mistake of tweeting that he had a, was having a half-decent game, and all it, all it needed... All it needed was just to stay out the book, stay out the book. And then obviously he goes and gets, you know, gets the yellow card and you think, well, you know, that's typical. But then at the end, I mean, it, oh, it's so frustrating. But actually, if we, before that first yellow card, I thought he was pretty, he stabilizes pretty well in there at times. For me, this was, as I wrote in my post-match op-ed, this, this game just, like, this is the embodiment of Felipe Melo as, in his career. Yeah. He, he was really good in the first half. He gave us exactly what we needed. But then he had, a, I don't know if it's a brain hemorrhage or whatever happens to him, but it, it just, he just doesn't have any discipline at all. And uh, he, he does these stupid things and ends up, you know, costing his team. I, I mean, last, you know, now, thank God, we didn't lose any points 
And, uh, you know, th- th- this I, I think it's a little bit of a blessing in disguise as well, because I wanted to see Banega get 90 minutes, and he definitely will get 90 minutes now against Lazio. Um, but Felipe Melo, is, is this, the lack of discipline, the inconsistency, the, the difference between the highs and the lows are just gargantuan. It's like it's, it, it, there's these huge gaps between him at his best and him at, when he's at his worst. And and you know in in a, in a in a team that's already built and is winning, that that might not hurt you as much, but in a, but in a team as Inter, that that will really really hurt you. Uh, and and thank God it didn't against Sassuolo, but it could come and haunt yeah. us again. I mean, if he, if I mean last year just before Christmas we played Lazio and he cost us the game. So you know I, I don't know maybe maybe we should maybe it's a blessing in disguise. I don't know. What do you think, Lorenzo? Well. Last year it cost much more than the game before because after the Lazio game Inter started they uh, starting going a bit worse than what what they were used the, the usual results so uh, after that game I think Felipe Melo it cost Inter much more than just the Lazio game and uh, uh, well yesterday's game was um, was a very good one to me because uh, Inter wanted the uh, that's yesterday's game what is exactly what Inter wanted from from Pioli. They wanted a more Italian team. They wanted a more um, pragmatic team. And that, that is exactly what they got yesterday. And so I think there are many positive aspects of yesterday's game because Serie A games are this way. You, you stay, you find a goal and then you have to keep your winning position. And that's what they did yesterday. Taking winning position is not something you have to take from granted because you need to have the personality and you need to have the technique to to lead the game. They did it yesterday. They did it again. A very good uh, team, in my opinion, like Sassuolo. And um, I think there are many positive news for Inter now. Well, before we... I mean, speaking a little bit about Uh, Sassuolo... Second point, if that's... No, just really quickly. Uh, I think it's a really good point. I, I wrote about it for um, a piece in there because, and bang on that, that's, that's what he, you just mentioned there. The, the game management aspects under Pioli, you can see coming together just a little, little bit. I mean, I, I personally thought we were playing as well as we were. He did probably shut the game down maybe a little bit too early because Sassuolo were wobbling and maybe if they'd have gone for the, for the juggler a little bit more or the finish was a bit more clinical, an easier second half, but you can certainly tell that the team is more cohesive at the moment, and they're looking to shut down the game, and they're looking to to see this out. And I mean, purely moaned about the the, the the poor game management of Inter. I mentioned before, you know, there's quality players on there, but making them work as a cohesive unit isn't hasn't been hasn't been there in recent months. And so, even though it was scrappy at the end, and I mean, it was a bit. You know, hearting out at the end, and it was the you know, I, at one point I thought they're going to thread this away, but they did. And I think it's spot on to take a lot of positives from that because start or something looks like it's um, hopefully, as you say, a pragmatic approach. Yeah, just getting the points down. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but spe- uh, just kind of moving on, but kind of staying on the same subject. Lorenzo, Inter have basically been linked to Berardi for almost a year and a half now. There's been a lot of talk there. But also some other players as well uh, have been rumoured uh, to, to Sassuolo. Um, 
Could we see business being done in January between Inter and Sassuolo, or are we going to have to wait till June? How do you rate these rumors? And which players other than Berardi have you heard about? I think big names like uh, uh, Berardi and uh, Bernardeschi, for example, um, they, if, if they are to sign for Inter, they will have to wait until the end of the season because Auxilio said some very important words yesterday. He says that uh, due to the financial fair play rules, Inter can only sign players uh, on loan in January, which means they can spend, they can spend no cash. Hmm. So... Um, there are a few names that could be interesting for Inter and which are coming that are coming almost for free. And uh, one of them was is actually Milan Badel, but Inter want to offer Jovetic in exchange for Milan Badel, but Fiorentina only want a cash offer to sell him. And um, in this moment, Chelsea and Milan are also, are also interested, but uh, Milan have pretty much the same problem, which is they can invest no money. And uh, Chelsea, they, they could make an offer of 12 million, but I don't see Chelsea buying um, Badel in January. The big issue is uh, uh, Inter can only sign players uh, or for free or on loan. So big names will have to wait until the end of the season. Hmm. What about <clears throat> how, how much do you rate the rumor of Acerbi uh, or uh, Pellegrini uh, that have been rumored to uh, Inter from Sassuolo? Same thing. Sassuolo, Same thing are, yeah, Sassuolo are, um, are, not, are not a big club like Juventus, Inter, Roma, Lazio, but they are a very solid club. They have no economic problems um, because they have a strong sponsor, they have a strong owners, and uh, Sassuolo are the club that earn uh, the most uh, from their, their main sponsor on the shirt. There is no club in Syria that earns as much as Sassuolo. So um, they're, they're not going to sell players for free or they're not going to sell some of their important players uh, uh, on loan. And to me, Pellegrini is one of the best uh, young midfielders in Italy. He has everything you want from a midfielder. He has vision, he has uh, technique. And um, I, I think uh, so far it's one of the best midfielders with uh, the... Atalanta youngsters in Syria, and I don't think that I don't see them joining Inter for free or on loan in January. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, so uh, basically, this is a mercato which uh, uh, we're going to um, where Inter is basically going to focus on trying to get lo uh, sell players and move players and also bring in uh, players uh, for free or on loan. Uh, if we consider um, uh, if we if we consider players someone like Felipe Melo, uh, Rodrigo Palacio, uh, Ranocchia, Nagatomo, they're 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 constantly been rumored to leave the club. Yeah. Uh, do, do you think that will finally happen this January? Um, I think Jovetic and Jovetic is the most likely to leave, in my opinion, because uh, he has no more relationship with anybody at the club. I mean, his his agent's words were pretty heavy. And uh, because uh, la um, last week, yesterday probably, he said that uh, Inter players are actually deciding the team's lineup, and that's, <laughs> that's not that's not something you can Ouch. say. He Ouch. says so. <laughs> I think, uh, and still he doesn't play. So they had three managers, <laughs> but still Jovetic doesn't play. So, uh, <laughs> and I, I don't. I see Jovetic leaving Inter pretty quickly in January. 
And Condogbia, uh, in theory, he should leave. But the big question is, uh, if he's going to leave uh, in January, Inter will never get the 30, 40 millions uh, they spent to sign him uh, one year and a half ago. So he could leave maybe, if Inter are lucky, maybe one Premier League club might um, knock the door and ask information about Condogbia. And he could leave on loan with option to buy. And then... Uh, uh, yeah, Felipe Melo, same thing. He could go in Brazil, he could go in Turkey, or he could uh, uh, move to China, because now with Zhang Susuning, uh, uh, both him and Jovetic could move to China, but at this stage, they don't look very open to move there, but if the club tells them, listen, or you go there, otherwise you're not going to play anymore in here, mm, I mean, let's see, let's see what the club does, but depending on who they sell, then that is going to make a big difference uh, to who they're going to buy as well. Mm. So is it one of those situations where if Inter uh, sell... Uh, if, if Inter are going to sell uh, Jovetic, they're asking for cash because they want to be able to invest it in the squad? Or is it irrespective of if they get cash for Jovetic, Inter still won't be able to spend money on the market? It depends. It depends because they need uh, Inter need uh, to get uh, 30 million by the end of the season to uh, be in line with the financial fair play. So um, it depends how much money they save on salaries. It depends uh, if they can get any cash for footballers. It, it really depends. But they need to get until the end of the season with 30 millions to uh, respect the financial fair play rules. Okay, okay. Well, I doubt anyone will pay 30, 40 million for Condogbia right now. Probably. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, there are, there are 29 players at Inter right now, and they only have to play the Coppa Italia, which is a very short tournament, and uh, 20 games in the league. So mm. there are many players who could leave, and you can save many, you can save a lot of money from, from that salary. So you can... I, I think they can make it 30 million, or um, but it's it's very difficult to see Inter investing money to buy players on permanent deals this January. I understand. Uh, before I let you go, um, I just wanted to ask you, who do you think has been Inter's best player so far this season? Uh, it's very criticized, but I think uh, Icardi. Because, Icardi? Uh, mm. Yeah, because uh, at the end of the day, he, he is the one who scores the 50% of Inter's goal. And, uh, that's, Insane that's, statistic. Insane statistic, that, that's, isn't it? That's what this game is about. So, mm, I think, I, I, I'd say, I'd pick Maura. Mm. Uh, so, if people want to get a hold of you on Twitter, where do they, where do they follow you? Lorebetto, at Lorebetto. Well, thanks for coming on, Lorenzo. And Thank I you very much for calling me, guys. Thanks, Lorenzo. Nice having you. Bye-bye. Speak soon. Ciao, ciao. ciao. Bye. Ciao. So, um, let's uh, move on to uh, the next uh, game uh, where, as you mentioned, alluded to, it's the last game of the season against Lazio. Yes, yes it is. Um, but before we move on to that, we have to announce the man of the match or try and try and figure out who it was. Well, who do you guys think it was? Uh, let me put it to you this way. <laughs> uh, I, I can't see Pascal Draver. Just uh, from because his impact in the first half, especially. I know he went quieter in the second, but he had such a big impact. Um, and then obviously getting the goal, um, definitely Kandreva. 
Yeah, I mean, it was Kandreva. But who do you think was second? Mm, I'm going to say Jamario. Uh, okay. Um, Agreed. Yeah, Richard? Yeah, I think that's a good shout. No, he came third. Uh, the person oh. who came second was Gabigol. <laughs> 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 it's true. People, people were, I think it's a clear message, people want Gabigol to play. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that's how people voted. It was skewering the vote. Um, Gabriel well, Barbosa, it's not like we'll have much, much influence over the starting lineup, but we'll definitely, <laughs> here at Sembrinto, we'll definitely try. Uh, to, uh, exactly, exactly. To uh, um, well, uh, moving on to the next game. Um, but before we get into it, uh, we do have another, another special guest joining us to discuss this game. So, Nima, if you could please introduce our guest. Yes, uh, he's a Laziale, and he's also the online sports editor for the Herald Scotland and the Evening Times in Scotland. Welcome to the show, Alistair McKenzie. Hi, guys. Thanks very much for having me on. Welcome Good to have welcome. you on. Welcome, welcome. So, um, as a Laziale, I bet a derby defeat uh, it stings for more than just a week or two. Uh, oh, how yeah. how far? Uh, <laughs> yeah, how far have you come in your grief uh, in the post? You know, in the four stages of grief after that derby loss. Well, you know what? It's it's, it's been remarkably easy. I think the um, uh, well, not it's never easy, but uh, considering the. The reaction to that game and the two wins we've had since has been very encouraging. Um, you know, going away to Sampdoria straight after a derby isn't the most appealing fixture. And then Fiorentina at home. Um, when you looked at that run of fixtures after the derby defeats, you kind of fear for the worst. But two really good wins. And I think that that says a lot about this team that Inzaghi's put together. Their, their character and their... Um, ability to kind of uh, get those results and put the derby behind them. That's something that Lazio teams in recent years perhaps wouldn't have managed to do. Mm, true. But uh, if we look at uh, Stefano Pioli used to coach Lazio before, you know, getting you guys to that, to, the, to a third spot finish and a Champions League spot. But then after the second season, uh, that didn't go so well and he got sacked and he was in. He didn't get along with a couple of the players as well. How would you rate him as a coach, having had him for almost two seasons? Um, I look back on Pioli's time at Lazio um, quite well. I think he, I think he also benefited from the fact that when he arrived at the club, the expectations of what he was going to achieve there were so low that what what he ended up achieving in his first season just. Um, took everyone by surprise, but uh, that first season, as you mentioned, got got us back in the Champions League. Um, obviously, didn't make it to the group stages, but uh, actually getting a Champions League place for the first time since 2007. But uh, managing to do it by playing such an attractive attacking brand of football, um, it, it, I mean, it was absolutely fantastic that season. Really, the the football that you played in that campaign is. Um, you know, some of the best in recent memory. Um, unfortunately, for many people, I suppose what happened the season after has kind of clouded people's um, perception of Pioli as a coach. I mean, he was he was being rightly kind of celebrated um, after after taking us that far. But uh, it, it's it's worth pointing out what he did achieve at the club, and the, he brought through a lot of young players. He was the first person who really got. 
um, the likes of Stefan de Vrij, Antonio Candreva, Felipe Anderson, all these guys you look at now and think of as very established Serie A stars. I mean, he was the one who kind of got the best out of um, out of them, really. Um, and I, I would be tempted to say that it, it wasn't uh, his failing. The reasons that Lazio did so badly last season was mostly down to a lack of investment in the squad coming from uh, the president, Claudio Lotito, and the sporting director, Elitari. And I, I, I don't think Pioli can be blamed for too much when he had a defence made up of clowns like Mauricio and uh, a very inexperienced Wesley Hort. And it was just a complete disaster at the back last season. And he he didn't find an answer to that. Um, but then again, you you know... You can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. I understand. <laughs> I, I, hear, I hear you. I've, I think I've used that analogy a million times on this show, talking about uh, <laughs> Nagatomo and Ranocchia. Oh, <laughs> so many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Lazio coaches, you guys had... Um, the, the, what happened in the summer with Bielsa before Inzaghi took over? Because that was a complete shit show. What, what was going on there? Oh, God. First, the Derby and not Bielsa. <laughs> it was absolutely bizarre. I think this is one of the um, this one of these situations. I think you only really find happening in Serie A, as far as I'm aware. Um, but usually these things happen to Palermo and not Lazio. Um, basically, they they set out in the summer saying we want to bring in a big coach, someone with a big reputation. Uh, the morale of the fans was very low wanted to get them back on the side. And, you know, they're, the club were interviewing uh, Jorge Sampaoli, who's since ended up at Sevilla. Uh, Cesare Prandelli was basically waiting for an offer um, for a long time. You know, there were good, experienced coaches uh, who were available and interested in the job. The club decided to go with Bielsa now. Uh, anyone who knows anything about Bielsa will understand that he's a man who has a very specific game plan and the way he likes to play the game. And um, he essentially uh, he uh, had a contract deposited, and the club announced that he was the coach. But at this point, he still had never actually been in Rome, um, so there was something very strange about it. Still at that stage. And then two days later, uh, lo and behold, he resigns and he says, uh, he releases his own statement saying that he'd been made promises by Claudio Lotito, which um, which hadn't come off. And there were four players who he'd been told would be signed and none of them had arrived. And um, basically, uh, that was the end of it. And Lotito being Lotito started saying he was going to sue him, which is usually his go-to reaction. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was really really bizarre. But basically, left the club in the middle of the in the middle of July without a coach and without any new signings, and the whole thing seemed to be going towards a bit of a disastrous season at that point. Mm, yeah, but I got to say, maybe that was a maybe that was a blessing in disguise given Bielsa's history at other clubs that it goes really well for first season and then everything falls into pieces and chaos because ever since then you've had the coach in Simone Inzaghi who's who's looking like he's done a very good job and he's got the team playing some good football and they look organized defensively they look good going forward 
well, with all things considered, maybe the caretaker coach was the best thing that could have happened to you. Do you agree? Well, yeah, and um, you know, this this was something a lot of Lazio fans wanted at the time because Pioli was sacked after the Rome derby in April, so Inzaghi actually got a good couple of months as as caretaker coach. Uh, where he did very well, I think. I can't remember exactly, but I think he won two-thirds of his games or so. And um, as somebody who's been in the club system, he's uh, the, the club's youth coach, and had had a lot more success there than any of his predecessors. He won the Scudetto, the Primavera Scudetto, and the Coppa Italia. And he, you know, obviously, as a former player, fans relate to him because he has represented the club as a player and so on and yeah there are a lot of people supporting the fact that he should get the job in the first place but uh so i think the way he's dealt with it says a lot about his character because he he was initially appointed as the coach of salernitana and Serie b which is one of latito's other teams and then basically once the club messed everything up trying to get what they deemed to be a better coach or a bigger coach than Inzaghi. They had to come crawling back to him. And within a day of Bielsa resigning, Inzaghi had signed a contract. And and it was, you know, it's a, it's a brave thing to do because obviously the situation at the club was a bit of a mess. He didn't have long at all to actually put a team together. Morale was very low and so on. And I think what he's achieved so far has been... Phenomenal, really. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Um, it's, well, sorry, yeah, sorry David, do you mind if I, do you mind no, if no, no, just put, no. ah, it's Richard here. Just a quick question. I was just thinking on something you said about Pioli earlier on, uh, when you arrived at Lazio, and obviously the season you had where you were playing some absolutely fantastic football. I, mean, I remember that really well, and it did beautiful to watch. Did it take Pioli long to develop that style? I mean, what I'm trying to say is, he seems to be being quite pragmatic at Inter, and I'm thinking maybe he just works in the best way he can with the players he has. Well, do you think it is a specific style he's more walking, working towards? Uh, just wondering how he started off in those early months at Lazio. Um, he was... Well, it, I wouldn't say it's it happened immediately. I mean, Lazio's best run of the season actually came between January and March um, mm. of that season. So it wasn't, it wasn't uh, completely brilliant from start to finish. But... Uh, yeah, I think perhaps uh, the Inter job's going to be a lot different for him because there's a lot more attention on him. There's a hell of a lot more expectation on him. And obviously, since what's happened uh, at Inter with Mancini and De Boer already this season, he's you know he's going to be feeling the strain of uh, needing to get results. So perhaps needing to pick them up from where they are in the table will lead him to be more pragmatic. Whereas he arrived at Lazio having finished ninth the season before. He had a clean slate and basically uh, had a look at the team he had and um, realised that it was a lot stronger going forward than at the back. And I think that was essentially what led him to playing this attacking 4-3-3 was just that his best players were his forward players and there was no point in him trying to be pragmatic or... You know, uh, soak up pressure when you have Mauricio clattering around at the back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's probably what did it. Well, that is a pragmatic approach, isn't it? If you look at it and say oh, we're better going forward than we're defensively, okay, let's go forward then. 
Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at it that way. Uh, but if we if we if we analyze uh, Lazio uh, going into the match against Inter, what are your expectations? I mean, obviously, last season you got away with all three points thanks to Felipe Melo, who which and that <laughs> loss in part in part precipitated Inter and Mancini's downfall, both figuratively and literally. Uh, what are, what are you expecting going into the game on Wednesday? Well. Uh, Felipe Melo, it might, it might have just been a ploy and Bilia is just going to be absolutely terrified for 90 minutes now um, <laughs> this game but, uh, it's, it's an interesting one isn't it I, obviously the Inter's form has picked up a lot in the last few games um, well in terms of results you'll, you'll know a lot better than I will have been playing um, I would say that I, I, I can see it ending up as a draw I've but um, I can kind of see the teams cancelling each other out a little bit. Um, both teams, I think, could have a lot of joy going down the flanks. Lazio particularly, defensively, Fiorentina really got at us coming down the wings. Um, and that causes a few problems because we were playing with a three-man defence yesterday, but it switches between three and four, no matter what system there is. Um, the fullback or the wide defensive positions are always the most vulnerable. And given Perisic and Kandreva um, have a lot of ability, that could be a problem. Uh, but it's it's hard to say. I mean, on good form at the moment, Inzaghi, as I alluded to before, he's he's he seems to have a lot of experience beyond his years, and he's, so far he's been very good at actually reading a game and and the. The substitutions he makes and the changes um, to tactics that he does during a game can sometimes help get results from um, precarious positions. Um, the Fiorentina game yesterday is a good example because it was 2-0 and everything was going very well and then suddenly concede a goal and it looks like they're about to collapse and he brought on Wallace in defence for Felipe Anderson, pretty obvious choice to make but things did actually shore up and ended up winning 3-1 so um, yeah I mean it's it's a hard game to call but uh, uh, yeah like I say I can, I can see it finishing as a draw hmm. Max do you have anything you want to ask uh, do you have any questions for Alistair well I just want to go back to what you alluded to before um, the loss last year just before the, the holiday break the 2-1 loss to last year was a harbinger of things to come for Inter in the new year that, that was the start of Inter's unraveling. So uh, I hope uh, hope uh, we can get a victory. Um, I agree with Alistair, though. I can I can definitely see a tie. That would be my uh, that would be my prediction. Hmm. Well, uh, speaking of predictions, Alistair, you said you think it's going to be a draw. Uh, do you want to predict the scoreline and goal scorers? Uh, well, I, I was thinking about this earlier and. If I'm going to have to go for a score, being being ambitious and hoping for a good game, I'll say 2-2. Um, uh, with, I mean, it's inevitable Kandreva is going to score against us. So perhaps Kandreva, Cardi, and then Keita, and hopefully Immobile can break his drought as well. Cool. Uh, what do you think, Richard? <laughs> it's, it is a tough one. I, you know, I think... I've been impressed with Lazio this season, and uh, you know they've looked, they have looked sharp in, in recent weeks as well. I hope, I am hoping that the sort of purely factor that he knows 
what he's up against. It was interesting for us to say about that three-man, four-man defence sort of drifting in and out because I think we've seen a little bit of that with Inter. So in some respects, when when Arsenal talks about the the dangers that Kandreva and um, Perisic can 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 give them, I think we could also, with our full-backs, be very much susceptible to it. But um, I'm hoping that we can nick it. And, and just on the basis of that, and trying to be a bit positive at the end of the year, uh, considering if we are, we have had a bit of a run of form, 1-0, um, as the man said there, it's got to be Kandreva, hasn't it? It's kind of written in the stars it's going to be, uh, <laughs> be Kandreva, because Lazio are also... I don't know, I, I get this vibe about Lazio that they're kind of like Inter. If they ever had a former player play against them, that player will definitely score. Uh, Max, what are your predictions? Goal scorer result? I, I like a draw here. Um, Inter's, uh, I think they've won four or five on the trot at home. Um, Lazio, other than the, the derby loss, uh, have been fantastic this year. I'm going to go 1 1. Crendreva, um, obviously, and then Keita for Lazio. Hmm. Antonio? Well, I briefly mentioned this earlier, uh, but I did predict last week for a 7 0 win. I'm going to. It didn't happen with Sassuolo, unfortunately. But I feel like that was a stepping stone. Um, okay. Uh, it, it could either go 6 or 7 0. The 6 could be just to make up for the 6 goals missing uh, against Sassuolo. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 6 0. Uh, Icardi hat trick. Uh, Kandreva hat trick, and they're gonna we're gonna high five each other uh, at the end of the game, um, and, and, then, and, and discover the cure for cancer whilst they're doing you, it. Right? Yeah. You, start, you, you started the Christmas drinking already. Yeah, I gonna... <laughs> As I sit here with my um, whiskey, uh, with your eggnog, <laughs> some lemon jello. Uh, um, oh, nice! But, yeah, nice. good choice. Good choice. Um, I know. Um, so yeah, also um, Gabby goal assist because um, I don't think that happened last week. So uh, we'll we'll make that happen this week. Nice um, one, nice one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be a little bit a uh, bit more boring there. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, no, I think Inter will win this game. Um, I think uh, it will be two one for Inter. It will be a Candreva uh, and Icardi goals, and I think Keita will score for uh, Lazio. Uh, before I let you go, uh, Alistair, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, Lotito's time as president, because it's no secret that the fans absolutely hate him uh, there, and he's been hated for such a long time, and to be able to cling on, and not only cling on, but also uh, you know, grow his power in Italian football as a whole, um, you know, his results haven't been all that bad after he took over from Cagnotti and the financial bubble there, and managed to kind of stabilize Lazio and, and to get them to Champions League, Coppa Italia wins, uh, a couple of titles there. Looking from the outside in, that's not a bad result for a president who hasn't been able to invest that much money. Um, yeah, I mean, this this is something that goes very deep um, in terms of the uh, the attitude towards Lotito, I mean, it's the ultras particularly um, dislike him. Um, yeah, it's. I wouldn't say it's completely unanimous. There, there are some people who, like you say, recognise the fact that the club is more stable than it was um, after the Cragnati era. But uh, he came in. He did things like removed uh, hundreds of season tickets that used to be given to um, uh, to uh, members of some of the ultra groups and so he immediately got off to the wrong foot with them but uh, what you have to remember I think 
uh, for me, the key frustration with Latito is that he's a businessman and he's not really um, a football man. And every opportunity he's had to invest in the squad and take them to the next level, he's failed to do that. And Pioli's era in charge is probably the best example I can think of of that, where he essentially went for the cheap option, which is what he likes to do. He's, he's incredibly frugal. I'm sure he's got some Scottish blood in him somewhere. <laughs> uh, but he, this, the, he got Pioli in, and at the time it didn't seem a particularly inspiring choice because it seemed like he was getting a you know, an, uh, a, a Serie A coach, but not one with any particular pedigree mm. at the time. Um, Pioli, against all odds, took us to third place. Now, once you get to that position where you're in the Champions League playoff for the first time in seven years, uh, you have to invest in the squad, particularly when it has gaping holes. Uh, there was no real cover for Miroslav Klose up front, who was 35 years old. Uh, the centre-backs, as I've gone on about, I feel like constantly during this podcast, were terrible at the time. Um, the, the whole team really needed a lot of reinforcing and also we were having problems where the likes of Belia, De Vrij and Marchetti the spine of the team essentially would always get injured and whenever they dropped out of the team there's no one to replace them um, so, but the, the investment just didn't go into the squad and then we dropped out of the Champions League at the playoff stage because the team wasn't ready to beat the team like Leverkusen and there you go, you're back to square one and if you look at Lazio's um, positions in Serie A over the uh, Latito's tenure it tended to be a bit like that a good season then a bad season a good season a bad season and no coach has ever been given the chance to actually um, really uh, build something and every time a coach is appointed they talk about the project and building a project and it, it doesn't seem to happen and Zaghi is uh, a bit more promising because he has this connection with the youth team and he's brought through so many youth players already this season and giving them first team experience um, in the squad for the Fiorentina game last night there were seven players or maybe even eight I believe who played under Inzaghi for the Lazio youth team so we're actually starting to produce our own players uh, rather than relying on Lotito to spend money um, I think it all goes back to the only one time he really spent a big transfer fee was on Mauro Zerati, and then uh, that turned out to be a complete disaster. <laughs> um, so, you don't have to. You don't have to talk about. You know, you're not allowed to say the Z word in this podcast. You have to remember he was an Inter as well, and he was a complete shambles there as well. So we feel your pain. <laughs> we feel your pain with the Zarate thing. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Latito is it's a complicated, um, it's a complicated standoff. But it's uh, yeah, like I, I, you could go on for a long time about this. But essentially, um, people don't really believe he has the club's best interests at heart, and he's put club money into things like his own hotel businesses and so on. And uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 a messy situation, and protests obviously aren't getting anywhere when he says that. Once he dies, he'll give the club to his son. Um, <laughs> there you go. Oh, dear. <laughs> My favourite thing regarding Zarate there was when Ranieri said that he felt that he needed to operate a pacemaker into Zarate's brain to get him to work properly for 90 minutes. That's a favourite <laughs> quote of mine. 
But well, if people like, want to... Sorry? Like you're talking about with Kandrea, you have to, got to remember Zerati scored against Lazio last night. So it's this, this is the way it goes. Ah. Inevitable that Kandreva will score. <laughs> true that, true that. So if people want to get a hold of you on Twitter, how do they, uh, how do they, what do they do? Uh, my handle is at AKS McKenzie. Nice one. Well, thanks a lot for coming on the show and uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, guys. And Cheers, thank you. Thanks for joining us. And see you as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao. Well, guys, uh, what, do you, what, do you, uh, what are you guys expecting going into the Lazio game, Max? What do you want to see? I want to see a complete performance. I want to see if uh, we have some depth in the midfield. Um, I want to see Icardi maybe score. It's been a couple of games. It's been too long. <laughs> what, about you? what about you, Richard? What do you want to see? Uh, clean sheet for a start. Um, just want to make sure that defensive stability is still there. And just is, is, that we are building on something with that. And yeah, I kind of mirror the idea that it would be nice to see the fact that Pioli is getting somewhere with that link of how to sort of get the ball quicker to Icardi um, and, and more often because the more, you know, if we can keep giving him chances, we know he's going to score. So yeah, just sure up the back and, uh, and hopefully some a bit, of a bit of creativity midfield. Nice, nice. Now, I, for me, I'm going to say what Max said about the Sassuolo game. That's what I'm going to mirror. I don't care how it looks. I don't care if it's ugly. I don't care if we're cheating. I don't care. I want us to. I want the three points, because if we don't win against Lazio, we'll be at the minimum. We'll be something like what is it? Five. Um, uh, it's six. It's seven points now. If we draw, it's still seven points. If we lose, it's ten points. And Lazio are are in fourth. Anything, I mean, I'm going to plug one a limb here and say we need to win that game to, to still have a chance of finishing in, in, in European places. What do, you, what do you guys think, Richard? We've got more of a chance of that because, yeah, no, I agree. I think it needs to start. You're starting that winning culture, aren't you, then? You're starting to, you know, get you. A team, I know this is difficult to say in the form they've been in, especially when we've just been talking about Lazio and, and how good they've been recently, but Inter needs to be looking at games like Lazio and thinking, yeah, we can do this. For, for, for them to progress long term and especially for to go for those European spots. And to end the year on a high like that puts a different slant on the, the transfer window, a different slant on everything, really. So I completely agree with that. I think it is it is really important. But, you know, you got to remember last time, this time last year when we played Lazio, we played them just after the Christmas party. And uh, I think a few of them are still, still a bit rough than that because <laughs> <laughs> the performance. But we've already had the Christmas party. And it all went off okay, and uh, we still managed to get results. So, you know, if we can if we can beat a, a downtrodden and injured Sassuolo, hungover, then um, we should be fresh for Lazio, no? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Antonio? Well, uh, I'm just going to be Mr. Optimistic and say we still have a chance of finishing second this season. Uh, you still think so? You um, still, you still you know what? Go that. <laughs> um, uh, listen, at the beginning of the season, you know, I said second place, and uh, my my thoughts have been really, <laughs> really pummeled down to the ground. But I'm gonna believe in Pazza Inter, and hope that 2017 is the complete opposite to 2016. In fact, I'm going to hope that the opposite to what happened last year happens in that we started off amazingly and ended up to shit after Christmas. What's going to happen this time is that we're going to get amazing after Christmas. So 
I'm I'm thinking second place. Maybe your first. Ooh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to tease out and just. just <laughs> Yeah, no, well, from your mouth to God's ears, what can I say? <laughs> well, right, uh, shall we move on? Yes, yes. So so moving on to the usual segments of the week, starting with the, uh, well, the, the frog of the week, let's say the, fr- the frog of the or the frog of the year, um, starting, uh, who is, which is going to be given by Max. Yeah, I think the frog of the week, oh man, I think we have to go with Manchester City. I mean, there's split public opinion uh, on this, but uh, them coming out of the tunnel with their shirts back to front with the number eight and Ilke Gundogan's name on it. I mean, yeah, in tribute to his tragic knee injury. Like, I don't, like, it, it's terrible that he's out for the year <laughs> with a knee injury, but he had to come out on Twitter and say, I'm still alive. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm still alive. Wait, wait. <laughs> yes. <No>. Yeah. <laughs> what happened there? I, I still don't That's understand bad. what happened. I, don't, I still don't understand what happened there. Like, Well, Gundogan suffered a, a knee injury last week. So as a show of solidarity, uh, the Andrea Ranocchia of the PR department at Manchester City decided <laughs> that it would be a good idea. If uh, all the players, all 11 players, walked out of the tunnel uh, with uh, his name and number to pay tribute to him, I guess. Yeah, they're, we're gonna... they're actually the laughing stock of the news. Like, God will come say, when, when did Gundogan die? <laughs> yeah. It was worse than Brazil in the World Cup with Neymar. Oh, it was Jesus terrible. Christ. Wait. That is brilliant when someone has to go out on Twitter and assure everyone is still alive after you pay tribute. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm here. I was just injured. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> That's genius. Genius. Absolutely <laughs> genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank you, the Andrea Ranocchia of the PR department at Lazio. <laughs> oh, sorry, Man City. Man City. <laughs> uh, I wonder who thought of that. Like, if it was a team, a team idea or... Um... Mm. Someone to hire up, so that's just ridiculous. I had Gundogan for it. I hope it was his idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I just like, you know that what? would just complete it, wouldn't it? That yeah, would just yeah. make it completely. <laughs> I think you'll go out with my name on your shirt because I, I'm going to be really sorely missed. <laughs> and then it was all a plan just to make it make everyone look like a fool and him the. Uh, he's <laughs> probably, oh, probably uh, just had some shares left over from the club shop because he hasn't started a lot this season he probably thought we printed too many of these <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah might put them to use put them to yeah. good use boys <laughs> the it was a real head scratcher yeah. sorry what was that <laughs> it, it was a real head scratcher and people were treat, were tweeting what about Vincent Company oh jeez yeah it started yeah don't understand that. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. Frog of the week an easy choice, though. Mm, oh, true, true. Brilliant. Uh, frog Dior. Oh, God, that's brilliant. Well, moving on to be more depressing, the um, Moji of the Week, this week told by myself. <laughs> so, this week's Moji is undoubtedly the Moji of the year. 
<laughs> in fact, it's it's a mudgy of all mudgies. It's um it's been very difficult to keep this news from leaking out so much so that like I said to Della Sport almost came close to having this on their front page. <laughs> but fortunately we, we kept it under wraps from them and it's it's news that will probably ruin everyone's Christmas and New Year's celebration and start riots. Um so everyone sit down because this it has to be brought up. I Antonio D'Angelo will be stepping down as the host of Studio Inter. Um, I'm just going to... In, in that little moment now, I'm going to insert a soundbite. The, the Moji soundbite is going to happen again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to give everyone listen, listening a moment to take in the news. I know it's pretty hard-hitting stuff. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh, on, well, on, on, on a more serious note, though, because I know the audience isn't actually crying for me right now. Um, yes, I'm, I'm stepping down as the host of this great pod. Um, the reason uh, being is that because, as some of you may know, I am a university student and I'm currently in my second year, meaning that my workload has increased to a point where, combined with needing to make time to work part-time and make films, as that is what I'm studying, I need to be um, making films in my free time. I am now very limited in the amount of time, free time available to me, so much so that I barely have the time to, to um, watch Intergames anymore, let alone plan and, and take part in these podcasts, um, which is really a shame. And this, this podcast deserves to have a host who isn't constrained by time and actually is able to, to watch the Intergames so that this pod can be the best it can be. So for that reason, I've decided to step down and um yeah uh pass on the reins i guess um we'll all be wearing next for next episode after uh, new year's we will all be wearing inter yes. shirts with with your name on the back it's actually yeah, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> that you're alive i'm not there this actually makes perfect timing i want everyone all uh semper interest <laughs> where where your whatever inter shirts you have backwards and post a picture of it online adding ha- uh, semper intercom uh hashtag um <laughs> Uh, Antonio, we miss you. And, uh, pray for Antonio. Pray for Antonio. Hey, Antonio, Antonio, can I, can I just say, uh, you know, behalf of us as well, you know, you've been a fantastic host. It's been absolutely brilliant, uh, you doing these over this last season or so. And it's uh, it's been a pleasure working with you. And I, I, for one, hope you keep coming back on whenever you get yeah. the time. Yeah, you got to. you got to oh, come on as a guest. Definitely, yeah. I'd, I'd love to, to come back on to, to talk into. Uh, I, I definitely will. Um, and. Uh, yeah, before moving on to the Marathi, I just want to uh, I want to thank you, Nima, for giving me this opportunity. I many years ago I uh, started reading news on the site, uh, Semperinta, and got into the pod, and I loved it. And I'd, I'd listen to it every week, and and the fact that a few years later I'd, I'm hosting the pod, it's still it's still uh, it was cra- crazy to me. So um, still is crazy to me. So uh, I, I can't help but um, have you know multiple huge thanks to you and everyone at Semperin for giving me this opportunity. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, yes. My pleasure, dude. My pleasure. Uh, but yeah, moving on to, um, because I'm not dead yet, I still have to finish hosting <laughs> this podcast. Yeah, don't um, die, don't die. <laughs> uh, I am going to move on to the next segment, the Marathi of the week, which... Uh, will hopefully um, be the complete opposite to the bad news we've just received. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, the Marathi of the Week told by Nima. Oh my God, he is beautiful! 
He is beautiful, yeah! Yeah, I hope everyone's uh, stopped crying, you know, incessantly and has recovered. Uh, for me, it's like a two-part uh, Mor uh, Moratti of the week. Uh, the first part is that uh, I'll be uh, hosting the show after Antonio, uh, from starting from next season. And uh, which is something that I've tried not to do because I've never felt comfortable with it. But having, you know, co-hosted the show with Antonio, I feel I've learned enough to do it. And second, the secondly and more importantly is, uh, did you guys see Dries Mertens goal against Torino yesterday? Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. <laughs> that is, the, I mean, that is why we love football, isn't it? Just to see stuff like that. That's the beauty of the game. from nowhere. Yeah, and absolutely nowhere, and it just—it was world class, and it just was so thingy beautiful. Beauty. It really was, and it was such a—it oh, was—it was gorgeous, and it, I mean the entire stadium was standing up, and everyone was—you know—even even the Torino players were almost applauding. Like it was—it was—it was fantastic. It was nothing more than a short, a magical piece of skill by a fantastic player who, I think, is looking more and more suited into that number nine role where he's had some problems filling in for Higuain given that he scored what is it now uh, seven goals in two games uh, and has scored yeah. ten, go ten goals in the Serie A in total so far so watch out for Dries Mertens he could very much be the uh, Higuain they've been looking for maybe so also I just want to say the second you announced that you'd be uh, hosting Semprint again I think I just heard everyone like instantaneously forget who I am uh, <laughs> I, 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 doubt that very much. <laughs> I doubt that very much. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm no, sure I, I heard that. Uh, yeah, carry on. No, but the Martin's <laughs> goal was just—it was just—it was so beautiful, and and I think uh, I'm really looking forward to this uh, to to this spring uh, for the Serie A as a whole, and uh, hopefully, if Inter, what we need is a little bit of consistency. Consistency, and I think that if we can just if we can survive this Mercato without any you know, any chaos, any any drama, and just, you know, if we can win against Lazio, that will cool things down over Christmas. You know, three wins in a row in the Serie A, that's brilliant. Uh, then, and, and kind of have a little bit of contact with the top five teams after what has been a incredibly chaotic uh, fall. Um, and then build on that. Uh, and for once, hopefully, the season not over by January, as it has been for the past five, six years. So that, that's that's uh, that, that's what I that's what I want for Christmas. I've got a I've got a question. If so, that's what you want for Christmas. If uh, if if Santa, there we go, could bring into one thing, just one quick thing from each of you, what would it be? Antonio, you want to go first? Uh, a complete remodel of the club. <laughs> I just asked for peace and quiet, and you, yeah. you you press the red but self destruct button like <laughs> no no. I'm already far too deep in, and I've given a lot of positivity to this pod, so I'm, I'm I have to balance it out in some way. Yeah, you've quit mentally already. <laughs> it's gonna uh, go out of bag. Let you guys pick uh, up the pieces. <laughs> uh, Max, what do, you, what do you want? What do you want? Well, since. We're never going to get Walter Zenga at Inter, um, oh, Diego Simeone. Oh, <laughs> I had to throw yeah. that in there. I had to. Yeah, Zenga, man. Oh, that, that would that, that brings a tear to my heart. Oh, God. Yeah, it's Diego Simeone, yeah. Hmm. What you, Lock what him in a room. <laughs> bring in boatloads of suitcases full of cash and don't let him leave until he signs a contract. Bring him home. <laughs> 
I want him and his son, uh, Simeone. Uh, <laughs> he looks good, he, doesn't he? He looks really he looks good. good last week. Yeah. <laughs> he, he looks really good, and yesterday as well, and two goals. And no, I'm, I'm, I'm. This, this could really be something here. This kid could, this kid can play, and if he can keep all season, I say, why not bring in a Simeone duo? Uh, in there the you summer, go. you know that, that's what I want for. That's what I want Santa to give me. What's yours, Richard? I just want Nagatomo to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, that's, the emotion behind your voice there was so much more sadder than mine. You look, gonna say, you look, I've never heard you so depressed. Jesus! Oh bloody hell! <laughs> But hey, uh, See, I've been hello, hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> See, yeah. Well, uh, speaking of uh, these kind, it's always uh, traditional to make these kinds of you know, like, year, end of year uh, top things. So, who do you, who do you guys think has been not the best player of the season so far, but the 2016 as a whole uh, for Inter calendar wise? Uh, Antonio. Um. Yuto Nagatomo. No, 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 sorry. Um, <laughs> Mauro Icardi uh, for me. Just the, mm. the one consistent thing that we've had in the past few, few years. So, yeah, Icardi for me. Max? Well, it's hard not to go Cardi here. I, I'd like to g- give somebody different, but yeah, I have to go with Icardi. I agree with Antonio. Richard? Although I agree with those guys, and it is, I'm just going to say I really, really enjoyed uh, even Perisic's time at Inter. I just think yeah. he's been really industrious, and when he's on fire, he's on fire. And you just know he's going to give everything uh, every game. So I've really enjoyed watching Perisic. I was, I'm going to go with Perry. That was, that was my pick, because if you guys remember, he, wasn't in the, he struggled a little bit in the fall last season. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then after and then after Christmas, he just turned or turned turned the style on, and it was just been together with Icardi, our two best players, I think. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, for me, it's Perisic. Um, Perisic, no, actually, it's the Perisic and Icardi duo. I, I like what yeah. I'm seeing. I, I like what I'm seeing with them. It's it's really it's it's really nice to see. It would have been nice if Perisic uh, would have scored a hat trick uh, and put that game to bed instead of. Uh, Making us sit through a nervy finish there. He could have had three goals there. He really could. He, he really could. Yeah, he could. A few, like, it was unlucky. Season. <laughs> yeah, he, does, he, does, he does get into good positions. He just needs to yeah. do for Inter what he does for Croatia, and that's always scored. It feels like he always scores for Croatia. So, no, I, yeah, yeah. So, uh, going into 2017, uh, Realistically, now Antonio, <laughs> what do you, what do you guys see for Inter uh, at least to the end of the season in 2017? If you were to look in your little crystal ball, it's very mm. difficult. It's because we're we're, we're at a really unpredictable um, point right now. It can go in so many different directions. And Most we're of talking them being... about Inter here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah, I think for me in 17, I think it would be defensive stability. Um, I, don't, I don't mind if a few of the bigger names go, as long as it's more of a, a team ethic. Um, and I've always said that. I always think Inter are more successful that maybe when they're not that attractive, but when they have got a good defensive backbone. 
I'd like to see us get into the Europa League again. Um, and I'd like Pioli to, to, to stay next year if, if he can do that. And just have a, a sense of calm for a change. And, you know, I know it's a Pazza club, but maybe just a little... Maybe just turn the volume down on the Pazza for a season or two and just let's see what we can <laughs> yes. do, you know? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, what about you, Max? Yeah, I'll piggyback off Richard's uh, point there. Some stability would be nice. Like, uh, enough is enough. This, this whole yes. year is I'm yes. sure. <laughs> like, we, lo we love the drama, um, but it, it's been a little too much. Um, and if we can't get Simeone, yeah, let's, let's let Pioli uh, strut his stuff here, bring some stability to the club, and let's, uh, let's make sure we can hit on our, uh, our transfer targets. We can't afford to make mistakes like Kondobi on the transfer market. Like We can't spend that money and, and not get anything in return at, at this point where we are financially. So, I, I hope that uh, Gabby Gold turns out not to be the second Kondogbia. <laughs> you know, I just hope that we he turns out after Christmas and turns out to be a revelation, and we have something to build on there. Uh, and, Speaking uh, of of transfer targets and and uh, um, the whole Gabby Gold thing, and we, I know we were talking about earlier about um, setting our sights on Bernardeschi and um, Berardi. I personally wouldn't want them at Inter, at least not now, um, considering. The player, the depth of players we have in in that position or in that kind of area. I don't think we, I mean, unless we get rid of you know, uh, let's say Eder or someone else. I don't really think we. I feel like the money would be better spent on fullbacks for one thing. And you reckon? And, and yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't see why we we're, we're being linked to Benendeski and, and Berardi so so much when we've just signed Gabby Goal and Kandreva and the previous you know transfer window who both play on the right right hand side of attack I'm not even the biggest fan of Benedeski I think he's horrendously inconsistent to be honest I just, you know I, I agree with you he's not what we need exactly and I, I just feel I mean personally I feel like why buy another big name player for the head of having you know that, that player when we could just focus on fixing you know the team it's it's a bit reminiscent the situation of with the Moratti in the 90s that we had like world class strikers almost too many but we didn't have for example you know we were lacking in the midfield like it's like come on put the money where we need to spend it um and we do need fullbacks and Saldi was okay i still i still don't want to i still don't want to you know give any final judgment or something on him because i think he hasn't played enough yet uh but we do need to get rid of uh, Nagatomo and D'Ambrosio, as good as he is, or as poor as he is, we know what you were going to get there. He's been at the club for almost three years. And, you know, just get, for me, I, I just wanted, want us to get rid of the Ranocchias and the, you know, these kind of Nagatomos and these players. And yeah. I want us to buy, you know, if we're going to bring in a player, bring in a Darmian or Krishito or someone like that who can... Who can who can raise the quality of the team and who is a good fullback who's got, who can deliver good crosses consistently? That's what I want to see. Yeah, second. That's what Agreed. I want to see. And and yeah. what Richard said, this Pazza thing, you know, it, it would be nice if we turned the volume. I don't even want to turn the volume. I want a mute button on that for a second <laughs> now because I I don't. I, this is this is torture. This is just insane, and it it's been peace and quiet is exactly what I think we deserve it as Inter fans because is we I mean you know Max uh, you know we, we, those of us who are a bit older we we remember this this is basically 90% of our time supporting yeah. Inter has been chaos and and, and insanity mm -hmm. 
So we're, we're kind of like the battered woman who stays with a beating alcoholic husband, you know, who hurts <laughs> us and we just keep... He, he, but he didn't mean it. He'll be, he'll be good. Faces yeah, <laughs> black and blue. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, but, but I hope that, you know, that he goes to rehab and sorts this shit out and gives us, gives us, uh, shows us a bit of love from now on, <laughs> at least for one calendar year. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> it's time we brought brought an end to the um, the last part of the year. Um, I just want to thank all our guests, special guests, for joining us um, for today's episode, along with uh, Nima, Richard, and Max for um, being here for the whole episode and and this year as well. And um, thank you to the listeners for uh, joining us every week and listening to our ramblings and um, incredibly accurate pre- predictions for the following week. Um, <laughs> uh, bon Natale. Uh, yeah, bon Natale. Bon, bon Natale. Bon Happy bon holidays Natale. Uh, to a much better 2017 uh, from all of us here at Sempre Inter. Um, and for the final time, sem- for my final time, Sempre Solo, Forza Inter. Pray for Antonio. <laughs> <laughs>